that you don't have to send away and bring somebody in. God says the anointing is already in the house. Amen. Listen, I, I appreciate what the young gospel artists are doing all over the country and all over the world. But I thank God what is already at 2440 Atlas Road. Amen. So give God a praise for the anointing that is already in the house. Amen. As we remain standing for the reading of God's word on this last Sunday in the month of February, as we prepare to conclude this series that is entitled Beware. This is our second of seven series that we will do throughout this year, 2017. This year in which we have deemed to be the year of supernatural favor. First series is a, was a test of faith. This is the second series, Beware. It's one word. Beware. Hear the reading of God's word. Our text this morning is found in the 50th chapter of the book of Genesis, verses 19 and 20, as we once again look at the testimony of Joseph. Reading from the New Living Translation, Genesis 50, verse 19 and 20, the New Living Translation, the final message in the series beware. Verse 19 declares, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? Verse 20 is where the subject is found. Joseph says to his brothers, you intended to harm me. It was your intent to destroy me. I feel the anointing already. If it were up to you, I would not be here today. But God mm, intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. The church that loves God's word said amen. Amen. Catch the hands of someone that is standing next to you. Here is the subject for this fourth message of the series entitled Beware. Squeeze those hands and look at somebody and say beware of the process. Amen. Beware of the process. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For throughout this month, throughout this series, we have talked about how we as people of faith, we as faith walkers, we as those who seek the favor of God on our life, is there anyone in here that do not seek God's favor? All of us do, don't we? We all want the favor of God to be on our life. And so throughout this series, we have 
talked about how we should beware of people and beware of things that are often used by the adversary, used by the enemy. In fact, let's call him by his name, used by the devil, used by Lucifer mm, to distract us from God's plan for our life, to distract us from God's purpose for our life. In what was our first message of this series, we warned against haters. Somebody say haters. Those people who seem as if they could never celebrate the blessings in anyone else's life but their own. Somebody say haters. Selfish people. People who are always complaining. People who are never happy about what God is doing for you unless God has already done it for them. Somebody say haters. Everybody ought to be able to rejoice over somebody else's blessings because God has no respect of person. What he's done for others, the old church used to say he'll do the same for you. So haters, we, we warned against haters. And then in the second message of this series, we warned against people and things in our lives that the enemy uses to try and convince us to go against our godly principles, people and things the enemy uses to distract us oftentimes by attracting us to things that are at times good to us, but not always good for us. In that second message, we call these kind of people and things seducers, people who want nothing more than to seduce the anointing out of your life than to get you to be as miserable as they are. Seducers. Potiphar's wife was a seducer. Uh, but thank God for a young man named Joseph. <laughs> and then last week, in the third message of this series, we warned against those who we called users. Oh, somebody ought to say users. Selfish, ungrateful people who always look out for their own selfish interests, never the interests of anybody else. Folk who can use you up and never come back to say thank you. I'm preaching now. Folk who don't know how to be appreciative for all that folk have done for them. Sometimes users will depress you and they will throw you off your spiritual journey and you would be so obsessed with how they have treated you, considering how you've treated them, that, that it, it, it makes you doubt your relationship with the Lord. But we stop by to tell you today that the devil is a liar. To every user, to every seducer, to every hater, we say God knows what he's doing. And although they may hate on you and try to seduce you and use you. You're going to keep the faith 
hold your head up high because you know better days are coming. Somebody say bye and bye. And so now as we transition to this, which is the fourth and final message of this series, God has given us the assignment to talk about the process. God has instructed us to look at the process and to remind all of us as people of faith uh, that the process is never easy. I'm talking to somebody now because oftentimes we think because we are believers and because we are children of God, then we ought to get a pass and there ought to be blessings all the time. The devil is a liar. I don't care. Listen, I believe in prosperity. I just don't believe that prosperity is all the time. Come on, somebody. Uh, there is some rain in every life that must fall. And so the process is never easy. The process sometimes can be very difficult. In fact, it can be downright painful at times. Somebody say the process. Process can hurt sometimes. The process can make you feel uh, lonely, make you feel as if you wonder if you can make it through this. Somebody help me declare the process. Uh, all of us have been through a process. All of us go through something. Solomon writes, a man that is born of a woman is of a few days and, and full of trouble. Amen. For we, for, for, for we know that, that, that there is a process that comes in all of our life, Solomon said there's a time and there's a season for everything. And so we ought not be surprised about the process. But in the end, if we can just keep the faith, if we can just hold on, Paul declares in Romans 8.28, it all works for our good. In fact, I like the way the New Living Translation puts it. It says, God causes it to work for our good. It doesn't start out like that. But before it's over, God can take lemon and make some lemonade out of it. God can take what, what was meant to work against you and God can cause it to work for your good. Any witnesses in here? Listen, it has been said and I agree that life is a process that is full of ups and downs. Anybody who think that life is only going to be one way, you are sadly mistaken. Life is a process that is full of ups and downs. Life is a journey of mountaintop moments and valley experiences. You can't have one without the other. There are those who want the mountaintop moments but they don't ever want to go through the valley experiences. Help me tell somebody, you've got to go through something. And it doesn't matter if you are anointed or appointed or exactly who you are. Everybody that is born of a woman has to go through something. Listen, this is how Paul explains it to the Corinthians. He writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 his second epistle to them, and he wanted to encourage them. They were going through so many hardships and heartaches, and they were being abused and misused and 
many of them were losing their lives. Many of them had lost loved ones at the hands of Nero and, and the persecution of the first century Christians. But Paul writes this second epistle to the Corinthians and he tells them in chapter 4 beginning at verse 7, the New Living Translation puts it this way. He says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. Uh, King James says, earthen vessels containing this great treasure. In other words, we are fragile, but we contain a great treasure, which is the light of God that's in our hearts. Then Paul goes on and says, this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not to ourselves. I like what he says in verse number 8. He says to the Corinthians, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. <laughs> Somebody in here who know that the enemy has had his foot on your neck. But you are still here. Tell somebody, I'm not crushed. You've been pressed down. But you have not been crushed. Paul writes, we are perplexed, but not driven to despair. Verse number nine, the New Living Translation, Paul says, we are often hunted down. But we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down. Come on, some. Anybody in here know that you often get knocked down? We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Oh, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. In other words, if I had to summarize it, I would tell you that Paul says everybody has to go through something. <laughs> Who am I preaching to? To every young person, to every not so young person, to everybody who, who thinks that you are the only one who is struggling. I'm here to let you know that everybody has to go through something. In fact, the enemy's job is to press you down. But God's job is not to allow it to crush you. The enemy's job is to knock you down, but the anointing job is to get you back up. I, I, this next demonstration is not for everybody, but for all of those in here who's ever bounced back from a bad situation. I, 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 excuse me, I, I, I know you came to sit there and be peaceful and calm, but, but just do me a favor. Just take Take 10 seconds to just rub it in the devil's face and just stand to your feet and just throw your hands in the air. Say, but I'm still here. Well, I just want to make sure I'm in the right. Good to see you, Colonel Staley. Amen. Yes, sir. Good to see you. To, 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 to everybody that the enemy thought because he had his foot on your neck that that would block your anointing. I know this does not apply to everybody, but is there anybody in here who ever had trouble in your way? And 
stayed awake at night, walked the floor at night, did not know how you would make it, but after a while, the Lord certainly made a way out of nowhere. I, I know everybody cannot identify with this, but are there any bounce back saints in here? Woo! I'm preaching a message at three o'clock down in Eastover, and God gave me a subject called From Devastation to Restoration. Uh, anybody in here ever been through devastation and before it was over God restored everything the enemy thought he took from you now, now I don't want to get on your nerve but this is a church and we do make noise in our church amen if you can make noise at a game you can certainly make a little noise at church can, can anybody who's ever gone through something clap your hands and Give God a praise. Say, but I'm still here. Ooh, listen, listen. The late Mrs. Coretta Scott King, when she was asked about the fight for civil rights, right after the passing of her husband or after the tragic, untimely death, of her husband, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, there are some reporters, there were some reporters who perhaps thought uh, that Dr. King's struggle and vision would be over. They asked Mrs. King, says, you've been through a lot. You've had a lot of struggles. What do you have to say about it? She says, and I quote, our struggle is a never-ending process. This won't stop us. <laughs> I, I know everybody doesn't have that testimony, but is there anybody in here that know that what you've been through cannot stop you? Tell somebody, this won't stop me. In fact, I told the devil, the more you aggravate me, the more I'm going to pray. The more you knock me down, the higher I'm going to bounce back. Woo! Somebody shout a bounce back anointing. That's what God is going to give you in 2017. Oh, I, 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 I feel something in here. Somebody in here is going to have a bounce back anointing. Just look at somebody sitting next to you and say, before the year is over, God's going to allow you to bounce back. And folk are going to look at you and they're going to wonder why you're still here. But I, yeah, 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 y'all, y'all don't make me. I feel I'm trying to hold it down and not preach so hard, mother. I'm trying to obey what the doctor said and not get too excited. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, y'all excuse a few of us. The rest of you are too cute to understand this, but... Is there anybody in here that's waiting on your bounce back anointing? Look at somebody and say, what you see now is not what you're going to see when the year is over. Woo! Go ahead, you've got my permission to holler when you feel like it. <laughs> Thank you.
bounce back anointing. In this text, in this text, I'm trying to behave, mother. In this text, Joseph, a survivor, Joseph, who had a bounce back anointing, Joseph, we see how he once again is going to survive the process and how things not only worked out for Joseph's good, but also for the good of many others. When we last saw Joseph in last week's message, Joseph was in prison, having been used and forgotten by Pharaoh's cupbearer, man that Joseph spoke life into his dead situation. Cupbearer in the dungeon in a dark hole called Pharaoh's prison. But Joseph spoke a prophetic word into his life, interpreted this man's dream. And in this, Joseph says to him, I only have one request. When the Lord brings you out of this situation, will you mention my name to Pharaoh? Tell him I don't deserve to be here. Just tell him uh, about my situation. But then last week's message ended with these words. It says, and the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph, never giving it a second thought. In other words, when he got out, he forgot about the man who spoke life into his situation. Joseph could have given up. Joseph could have been so depressed and angry at God. Joseph could have said, I came here in Egypt at age 17. Now I'm 30-something years old. I'm stuck in this dungeon, stuck in this prison. But when you have faith, in God you know that he may not come when you want him but he's right on time I feel like preaching look at somebody and say neighbor after all the things I've been through I still have faith Woo! although Joseph was still in prison he kept the faith because he knew that God would not abandon him. He knew that somehow God would make a way. Somehow. Can I get a witness? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, contrary to how it may seem, somehow the Lord will make a way. He can turn your situation around is there anybody still stuck in a dark place is there anybody still going through something in your life and every demon in your life is trying to convince you to give up on god somebody help me preach this and lean on somebody say somehow 
some way God will turn it around. I wish I had a witness. Go ahead and clap those hands. And, and look at the text. Joseph still in prison. But as we stated throughout this series, God had a plan. <laughs> God had a plan. And if nothing else ought to give you hope, these words ought to lift your spirit that God always has a plan. Listen, two years after the cupbearer had been restored back to his position, Late one night, Pharaoh had a dream. <laughs> Couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> Look at God. God is about to do something that only God could do. Touch your neighbors and look at the God that I serve. Gave old Pharaoh a restless spirit. Tossed and turned. All night long, had a dream called the magicians of Egypt, called the soothsayers of Egypt, called the fortune tellers of the Mesopotamic, called the fairy tale workers of the Nile River, called everybody he could call to interpret his dream. But don't you know when God speaks, the devil can't interpret what God has to say. I feel like preaching. Don't you call on a demon to tell you what God has to say for your life. I'm here to tell you, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Oprah, my messed up life in a show on Lifetime TV. Nothing can help you get to where you ought to be except the Lord is on your... Iona can't help you. Nobody could help him. But two years later, Pharaoh said, is there anybody in the kingdom that can tell me what the dream is about? Then the cupbearer, <laughs> verse number 9, chapter 41, says this. It says, then the cupbearer finally spoke up. Tell somebody God's got a plan. It may take a while, but God knows what he's doing. Cupbearer say, oh, if it pleases the throne, may I approach Pharaoh. When I was in prison over two years ago, I met a young man, a Hebrew slave by the name of Joseph. He interpreted my dream and told me everything that happened in my life. Pharaoh, there's something about this young man. He's got something the soothsayers don't have. 
He's got something the magicians don't have. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, the anointing still destroy the yoke. You may have friends with money, but you need to have a friend with the anointing. You need to hang around somebody that knows how to get a prayer through. Can I preach? May I preach? I feel like preaching. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, the anointing still works. Woo! I know a man that's still in the dungeon, but he's got the anointing on his life. Pharaoh's in verse 14, chapter 41, says, go get him. Change his clothes. Give him a shave. Bring him up before me. They got Joseph quickly. Brought Joseph before Pharaoh's. I want to show you something. When Pharaoh saw Joseph, he said, young man, I understand that you can interpret dreams, but thank God for Joseph. Joseph said, before I go any further, let me set the record straight. I can't do anything, but it's God that's working in me. It would have been so easy for Joseph to say, yeah, I've got this gift. I have this anointing. But when God is on your side, it is not you doing it, but it is God, your very present help in a time of trouble. Listen, Zion. Joseph left prison, but he still had a relationship with God. He could have been so angry at God that he did not want to acknowledge him. But when God is on your side, you don't ever give up on God. Next thing Joseph did is that he never talked about how he got there because he was more focused on where God is about to take him. Who can I preach? Look at somebody and say, you'll never get to where God wants you to go as long as you are obsessed with how folk treated you in the past. In order for you to get to your blessings, you've got to let go your hurt. Preach Pastor Jackson. I know Potiphar's wife did you wrong. But God is about to do something brand new in your life. Look at somebody say, get ready for your next blessing. Don't even worry about what has happened to you. You've got to let the past pass. You've got to let the P-A-S-T, P-A-S-S, you've got to let it go. Touch somebody and say, I know you went through something, but everybody in here has been hurt by somebody. But if God's going to do a new thing in your life, you've got to let it go. Let it go. Turn it loose. Joseph 
Say, Pharaoh, this is God's doing. I can't do it by myself. But God is able. Anybody know God is able? Joseph then interprets Pharaoh's dream. Look at God's plan being unfold before our very eyes. Joseph said there will be a catastrophic regional famine throughout the whole region. But God told me that if you prepare for it now, you can survive the famine. Save what you have now. Anticipate trouble is on its way. That's a message all by itself. You've got to anticipate that trouble is on its way. But Joseph said to Pharaoh, find you somebody intelligent. Look at what the text says. Put them in charge of the famine restoration. Put them in charge of having Egypt survive this famine. And watch God make a way. Well, Pharaoh listened to the voice of Joseph. Somebody shout the process, the process. The famine came, but Egypt was spared. Pharaoh then said, we need to find somebody to put in charge of all of Egypt. I like what he says in the text. He says, find me somebody intelligent. They say, we can't find the right person. Pharaoh say, I know a young man. He is full of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know if God be for you, who can be against you? Your next interview, God has already set it up. Your next promotion, God has already worked on it. Touch somebody. Say, get ready for your next promotion. Woo! I feel the anointing. Pharaoh said to Joseph, he says, I tell you what I'm going to do, young man. Go with me to Genesis 41. Verses 40 through 41. Look at what happened. Pharaoh calls Joseph up and say, young man, you will be in charge of my court. And know this, and all my people will take orders from you. Stop right there. <laughs> Look somebody in the eyes and say, neighbor, it looks like to me that Potiphar's wife got to take orders from Joseph. Let me preach on this side of the church. Look at somebody say, looks to me that Joseph's enemies are now going to be taking orders from Joseph. It looks to me that God is about to make his enemies his footstool. Tell somebody, neighbor, God is about to turn 
the situation around. Look at God. Somebody shout, look at God. Come on, shout, look at God. What a mighty God we serve. Listen, Pharaoh goes on to say, only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Then he says to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge. Is there anybody in here? The devil told you it's over. When they fired you, you'll never get anything that good before. Look at your neighbor and say, they just didn't know. God was setting me up for a greater blessing. If being in charge of Potiphar's house was something, what do you think about being in charge of the entire, let me quote the text, the entire land of Egypt? God had just turned Joseph's situation around. Look at God. Somebody stand to your feet and get on the devil's nerve and do your hand like this. Thank you, sister. And say, God will turn your situation around. Don't you give up. Don't you get discouraged. Be not weary in well-doing. God is about to turn your situation around. Cross the aisles and give somebody a Holy Ghost hug and say, the devil is a liar. God! I don't know who this is for, so I'm going to speak it to the whole house. Look at somebody and say, God is about to put you in charge. Look at somebody and say, God is about to put you in charge. Let the church say yeah. Let the church say yeah. Let the church say yeah. I'm supposed to take it easy, but y'all excuse me. But when I... 
get close to somebody and say, I don't know when, but God is about to put somebody in here in charge, in charge on your job. this. I've got to preach at three o'clock. I don't know if my heart can take all of this, but I feel something in here. One more time, grab your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know you've been in a dungeon. I know you've been through the valley, but God told me to tell you he is about to turn Excuse us. Somebody is about to put a praise on it. Because somebody said, Don't despise the process. Beware of it, but also embrace it. Embrace what God is about to take you through. Because when you come through this, listen. Because of God's supernatural favor. Somebody says supernatural favor. Joseph was able to save his entire family. Because of God's supernatural favor, he was even able to save the brothers that betrayed him almost 20 plus years ago. Yes, God had a plan. <laughs> Tell somebody God had a plan. Listen, as we prepare to conclude this, here's how this text ends. Joseph's father, Jacob, dies. Joseph's brothers are now afraid that Joseph would seek revenge. They fall down at his feet, just like the dream said. Said to him, we are now your servants. 
Joseph in the text says to them, don't be afraid of me. Am I God? I'm not the one who can punish you. But I like this. He looks his brothers in the eye and said, what you intended to harm me with. <laughs> God used it to bless me with. <laughs> oh, y'all excuse me. Somebody run down here and stand at this altar. What you intended to use for my demise. You thought it would destroy me. But God used it to bless me. In other words, I never would have made it, Joseph says. Thank you, Pastor Marvin Sapp. God had not been on my side. See, some of you are in the midst of the process right now. That's right. Nobody ought to leave this building if you don't have to. I understand if you have to. But you're going to miss something today. Because God, God showed me something. God said, in this last message of this series... I'm going to bless the process. Ooh. Ooh. Make your way down these aisles. Stand at this altar. Leave the balcony. Leave the hallways, wherever you are. Because God's going to give you a but God testimony. To everyone who goes through the process, keeps the faith. There's a testimony that says I never would have made it. Except God was on our side. Come on, praise to you. It all. I would have lost it all. But now I see how you were there for me. And I can say, never would have made it. Yeah. That's right. Come on. Never would have made it without you. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have lost it all. Yeah, yeah. Now I see how you were there for me And I can say I'm stronger <laughs> Sing, sing, Denard. I'm wiser Wiser, yeah I'm better Tell somebody I'm better <laughs> Much better I'm much better, yeah When Woo. I look back When I look back all you brought me through All you brought me through I realize You were the one I held on to And never would have Wave Never those hands in the air. Hey, I could have lost it all. 
on, lift those hands, everybody. Come yeah. on and join in. Yeah. So I can say I'm stronger. 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 I'm wiser. wiser. Somebody declare, yeah. I know it hasn't been easy, but you made it. Yeah, yeah. Listen. Come on. Make your way to this altar. It's a process. Tell someone who's standing next to you, it's a process. <laughs> it is not supposed to be easy. <laughs> In fact, the harder it is, the greater the blessings will be in your life. Once again, Joseph said to his brothers in the text, you intended to harm me, but God. <laughs> Come back on Tuesday night. I'm going to tell you at the end of every process, for those of us who have faith, is a but God testimony. But God, you intended to ruin my life. You intended for this process to destroy me but God intended it for my good Joseph said to his brothers God brought me to this position God did this I didn't want to come to Egypt I didn't want to leave my family I did not want to be a slave I did not want to be in prison but God had a plan God's plan was to get me to this position. See, the pit led him to Potiphar's house. Potiphar's house led him to the prison. Prison led him to the palace. Every stage of Joseph's life, God had a plan. I'm here to tell you that every stage of your life, God's got a plan. He's ordering your footsteps. He knows every step that you would take. But that's all right. When you come out of this, you'll be able to declare, I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better. Look at somebody and say, I'm so much better. Say, if you knew how messed up I used to be, you would declare with me, you are better. Anybody in here had a messed up life? Come on. Yeah. 
somebody else's shoulder. The person you're standing next to, they too have their own valley experiences. They too have been in a dark place, a dry place, which perhaps the enemy told them that they would never make it. But thank God for the process. Although we know that it's not easy, we know that it will work for our good. It starts with a relationship with God. I want to say this. I appreciate the fact that you are in church. That's a step in the right direction. But until you have that vertical relationship with God, you never will be able to declare stronger, I'm wiser, and I'm better. We all go through something. Because the favor of God may be on your life, there will always be haters, there will always be seducers, there will always be users, and yes, and yes. Look at somebody and say, there will always be a process. <laughs> But when it's over, <laughs> Woo! there's a but God testimony at the end of your process. <laughs> Close those eyes. If you're ready to take that next step, if you want to commit to something greater than you, if you want to join the church, want to rededicate your life to the Lord, amen. You tell God, here I am, Lord, ready to take the next step. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We, we honor you this day. We thank you for this entire series. We thank you for the warnings that you have given to us. We now know that there will always be haters. There will always be seducers and users. We know that despite how saved we may be, there will always be a process that we must go through. But we shall declare and decree one day, I'm stronger, I am wiser, I am so much better than what I used to be. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. We touch and agree for those that are listening by way of radio. We touch and agree those that are viewing by way of internet that is already done in Jesus name and the church said amen 
Put your arms around somebody. Never Never would have made it. If you want to make that commitment, come on, you want to join the church. You want to give your life to the Lord right now. Come on, stand with me. God has something for you. Come on. This is a great day for you to take that next step. Take that next step. for these young people. Come on. Now I see. Now I see. How you Come on, others are coming. So I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm better. Lift those hands. Come on. So much. Come on, some of our young people come. We're our young people, young people, young people, and the altar. Welcome me. what God told me. These young people, listen, these young people are giving their life to the Lord. And I've called some other young people with some testimonies to come and welcome them. Because like them, they went through their process also. Amen, somebody. Is there anybody else? Step down by faith. Come on. Leave your seats wherever you are. You, you want to make that commitment right now. God is calling you. This could be your day. Amen. Give God a hand of praise as we take them down the aisles. God, beware of the process.